This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase. From New York City, it's the Todd Berry Podcast. The Todd Berry Podcast. All right, everyone. The Todd Berry Podcast is back. This is an exciting, exciting episode. Uh, Sitting across from me is MC Chris. Hi. You, You could say hi. I know I didn't really make it. It looked like I was about to say something. Yeah. So you, I didn't know what you, you laid back. There. You were yeah. nice. You laid back. Give you space. Now you were here. Yeah, I was. Was it like a week ago, right? Yeah. About approximately a week ago. And you came in and you said, uh, hey, Todd, nice microphone, referring maybe half jokingly to the one mic that I used to record this podcast up to that point. And I said, well, that's funny. You should mention that because this is going to be the last episode with that mic because it doesn't work as well as people who write comments on iTunes would like it to work. Mm, and you got to make them happy. And you got to make them happy. And I figured, you know what, maybe I should step up. Maybe there's maybe there's a reason these people are complaining, even if I don't like that they complain. So we recorded the episode with the last mic, and uh, I was all excited about posting it. And then I get a call from the guy who produces my podcast, and I knew that call wasn't going to be a good call. Because it came a few hours after I, I dumped the episode into Dropbox, and he's like, "Yeah, there's a buzz in it," and uh, there was a buzz in it. Like it was unlistenable. It wasn't like <laughs> it wasn't like my usual. All right, there's some sirens, or well, I recorded the Hari Kondabalu episode a little too low because I flicked the wrong switch, but I, I posted it anyway. This was like I, this was like unlistenable. So what I'm saying is now I have. A new two mic system, which is beautiful. You graciously came back, and we're going to do a redo of the uh, of last the last episode. We're always having the same conversation. Yeah, I mean, part of me was like, "Oh God, is that cheating?" But then I go, "Not if I tell everyone what's going on. It's not cheating." Yeah, you didn't even have to though. You don't think I should have? No, I think you messed up. I probably did mess up, but you know what? I'm just so honest. It would have felt I would have felt dirty. As I ask you these same questions that I asked you last week and fake a surprised reaction, I would have felt dirty doing that. Yeah. But we can mix it up. There's new things to talk about, right? Comedians don't like to repeat themselves. I have never repeated a joke. That's that's just me, though, right? Do you, um, anything happened in the past week? That would be fresh and exciting. Uh, gosh, I don't know. My wife finished her job, so now she's home all the time. What was her job? She Can w- I ask you? She was waiting tables, and now she's going to be. We're going to be going on tour, and she's going to be doing merch. And so she finished, and uh, I went out to Long Island to a party on Memorial Day, and she went and got drunk with coworkers and had a great time. Got hit on by the bus boys. Yeah, that was their last. That was their last, last opportunity. Last right? brouhaha. Yeah, the the uh, bus boys have been trying nonstop. They're like, they're like we know you're leaving. And you're going on the road with your husband, so we, this is really our last opportunity to make a disgusting. You're gonna mi- you're gonna miss me. You're gonna miss me. And this and my... is this is basically your last crack. Yeah, this is your last opportunity, girl. Yeah, but they couldn't speak English very well, so their game wasn't very good. Why didn't you go to the party? Where was that? Uh, I was. Well, she was. They were just bar hopping to oh. celebrate. You know, not working anymore. And I went to a party out in Long Island, and the trees were raining little green worms. Uh, so you just constantly had to pick worms off of you while you... Are you serious? Yeah. It was weird. But it was fun to get out of the city. Were those caterpillars? They were little tiny, tiny caterpillars. I bet one of your listeners will know what they are. I was going to say someone will They kind, They kind of lower themselves down on a little web and uh-huh. they just land on you and hang out. And they just kept on coming. It was very weird. Are they cute? Yeah. I would say they're cute. They're not threatening. I think all caterpillars are pretty cute. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's better than... Just actual rain. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's very, uh, very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? 
apocalyptic. It's probably not the right word. <laughs> I don't think it is. I don't think that's the There's word. Cute, I was, I was cute caterpillars word. are coming down yeah, at you. It's, it's apocalyptic. I guess that's not the sign of the apocalypse. No. But it could be. It could be like throwing you off. Like That's a sign that you're not in the city, that you're... It's a sign that you couldn't come out, up with a better metaphor. Out in Long Island. So you're in, So was the party good? Yeah. Uh, the party, party was, was good. Uh, my buddy Johnny's and uh, a lot of folks from the Chris Gethard show were there. Because um, they all take part in that. And uh, he's Greek, so there's lots of souvlaki and kebabs. See, I'm Jewish. I would never serve Jewish food at a party. Yeah. I'm Irish. I only serve potatoes. You would serve, you would serve just potatoes. Yeah. That would, be a, that would be a good party. Potatoes and Have a potatoes and caterpillar party. Yeah. I'd go of, to that. A lot of peas in that one. So is your, is your wife relieved to not work there anymore? Yeah. She hates, she hates it. She hates it's of, in a weird area right between Gramercy Park and Union Square where people are confused about how rich and awesome they are. Oh, that is that's a bit of a I shouldn't say this, but I'm gonna say it. That's kind of a, a douche zone a little bit. Yeah, I would say like for the sure. Flat it irony is. district? I mean it's yeah, nice around well, there, but it's, there's it's a little maybe a little east of that, but oh, um like twenty first and third in that area. Yeah. She'd get some like old regulars that were People that used to be in like movies in the '60s and '50s, like cool stuff, occasionally would happen. Oh, yeah. Some cool people came in. She got to serve Christopher Lloyd, stuff, oh. stuff like some cool people would occasionally come in. And but for the most part, it was like people that like would order their food, but every single part of it would be wrong. And she'd come home and complain to me about what would happen that day, and I would just marvel at these people. And I they would act ways I would never do in a restaurant. Like I like my eggs. Uh, halfway between runny and easy. And, and you know they're not going to come out that way the first time. Yeah, there's people I've watched. I mean, I have my little, you know, no tomato kind of things. Yeah, I but do But I've that seen too. people where you're like, just fucking order, man. It's like 10 minutes of questions. It's like, just order. I think they want to prolong the experience. They don't want to go home. No, they're nightmares. They're bad people. Yeah. They don't respect. So she's... She's. Uh, I wonder if I've eaten at this restaurant, but you don't have to tell me. Tell me the name later. <laughs> I don't want. I don't want to badmouth a restaurant. No. Or even appear to badmouth the restaurant. Did um. So she's gonna go on the road with you she, on the yeah. Vans Warp Tour, right? Yeah, she's going on Vans Warp Tour with me. We're gonna live on a bus. We're gonna have two bunks, but we might occasionally share one bunk and put our bags in another bunk. There's gonna be strangers on the bunk. It's a quiet bus. It's a production bus. So I assume that means everyone's got a pipe in their mouth and they're all reading. <laughs> did they say? Did they say? Are you assuming it's a quiet bus, or is it? No, I was told designated? it was a quiet bus because I don't party anymore. Right. So I don't. Uh, and I was on party buses last time I did Warped, and they are literally like that's why people do this. That's why people get into the music industry. That's why they go on are tour. People are having sex on these buses. People are having sex on these buses. They're doing whatever drugs they can find. I mean, they're just there to party. And they look ridiculous. Just the uh, the idea of like having sex when you know there's some dude below you in a bunk yeah when i when i got lucky i think everyone was just kind of like giggling because they knew it was like happening in the room in a in a basically in a box oh in, in a God. room there's like two people doing it but you can't see them you can kind of hear what's going on now i'm just grossed out by all of this yeah hey well, there's some of those sirens being picked up for the first time on the, my new sound system here <laughs> i hope they're as crystal clear as they are in my that's apartment little, that's just a little button you push when things get a little racy that's true and it's like i'm uncomfortable thinking about you getting laid so uh let well, me push when i this. think about you getting laid i get comfortable <laughs> that's how you and i differ <laughs> now i mean, it's like you're doing like 43 shows 44 good memory 44 this is like an alternate universe yeah. interview. 44 shows 44 shows and how many nights uh and um yeah that well i think we're out there for from June 9th to like the first week of August. So that's about about seven weeks. So let's see, seven times seven sounds, is 49. So man, that I sounds, think we actually have about 10 days off. There's a lot of days off, actually. That sounds like a blast. What are you going to do on those days off? Um, I think a lot of it's driving. They have one crazy drive from like Portland to St. Louis. Something weird. Uh-huh. That's got to be what, like? That's like a 25-hour drive or something? Something crazy. So a lot of time on the bus and, you know, no pl you can't, like I told you last time, you can't... Uh, <laughs> don't keep saying... I won't, say that. I won't say that I won't say that. throughout the interview. Keep fresh. I'll keep it fresh. But, uh, you know, you are on the road for so long that, um, you know, you, you, just can't, you can't leave the, the compound. It's basically like a prison camp and you can't, 
you can't leave. You it drives all night while you sleep. You wake up in the morning. You're in a slightly different location. Right. That everything's just rearranged in a weird way, but it's basically the same thing. It's kind of like yeah, they're moving a set. And you can't leave if you. I mean, at night sometimes they'll stop at a gas station. You can run into a place and be like, I need band aids. That'll be like your one opportunity to get whatever you. Can oh, so think it's of. really regimented. Like there's not a like. Uh... I mean, I think I think it's like weird if there is that gas station like you know, moment where you can go buy some stuff. It's basically you, you, you depend upon the, the tour for food. You get tickets in the morning and you get in line for catering and some girl in a bikini will ladle out some melted out ice cream. Nice. Melted ice. They, I've done a few festivals. There's, yeah, I've had the melted ice cream. There's always I a girl remember. in a bikini serving up melted ice cream. Huh, I don't think I would, don't remember bikini. I do remember melted ice cream. Well, you were so focused on the. I was just like, hey, whatever you're wearing, I don't care. I want some ice cream. Melt I it. I don't care what form. Is the food good? Uh, there are days when it's great. There are days when it's bad. I think last year I had a friend that was on the tour and there was food poisoning, and everybody got food poisoning. On well, that's the tour. good. That's what you want when you want to, when you're on a bus with twelve people. Yeah. That brings up the bathroom thing on the bus now. Yeah. I don't use the bathroom on the bus. You're not supposed to do any number twos on the right. bus. Uh, so you just pee there. But I have this thing where I go to the porta potties first thing in the morning when they're clean. Now, you think that they are disgusting all the time. Yeah, the Even idea. After, I, the, they can't be new to you. They they still have come from someplace Let's foul. just say I've only peed in porta potties, and it's the most horrifying. Just peeing is enough. Yeah, I, the just idea the of, smell of the blue. If I had to do something else in a porta potty, I would just, I would say... Someone else. What if go. it was your only option? I would say get a cab out into the middle of this field and take me to. You get on with your yeah agent Bernie. Get on, and uh, I'm out. Give me here. a town car. Yeah, I don't don't pay me. I'm you don't have to pay me. <laughs> get uh, one of the opening acts and have them. This is their moment. I'm out of here. The but, trick is to do it while it's fresh, first thing in the morning. I used to have a BMX bike last time I I did the tour. I would get on my bike, gun it to them just being brand new and then because by the end of the day they just look like a kid who loves just throwing shit has been in there it's just it's so terrible like it's it, it, so bad i don't know how i don't I've know done, how it you know, gets that bad i've done a handful of festivals i remember i did bonnaroo a couple of times and there was that's pretty poor because that's just in the middle of a field yeah but i what i did do is i kind of made friends with some of the production people. I kind of made it my mission. You know where the good one was? Yeah, there was a few production offices where they had a full-on bathroom. And I was like, hi. Hey, can I use your bathroom? Then I have some production questions for you. But, yeah, that's going to the bathroom is a big, it's an issue. So there's not, on the bus you can't go, hey, uh, can you pull over? I want to buy some some gummy, gummy worms or something. No, no gummy shapes. Uh, I think it's it's just I think you're very beholden to the guy who drives the bus, who's also constantly vacuuming it, talking to somebody on a phone with a, like a headlet uh, wireless, and um, it's usually a very grumpy guy. Yeah. The three the three that I met, they were all kind of grumpy, but you can also kind of squeeze out good stories too. I love yeah. I, I've been on a few buses. I I was on a bus first time with Howie Mandel. I did a two week tour with Howie Mandel, and we we're on a bus. And yeah, I do ask. I always ask for stories. First of all, I always feel like the bus drivers, no one's talking to the bus driver, and I feel bad for them. Yeah, I try to definitely like say hi every day yeah. and talk to them and, and spend some time with them. You know, sometimes while you're driving during the day, go up there on the front and hang out for an hour or something like that, and it can be great. Uh, yeah, because you assume. I, I always think that seems like the most nightmarish. Just... I always thought it was weird that they got picked up by a cab in the morning and driven to a hotel where they would sleep all day. That was always so weird to me. Well, you want if you want anyone to get a night's sleep, it's the guy who's driving. Yeah, fifteen of you. I guess that makes Let sense. Let that guy have a hotel room. <laughs> I guess that makes sense, but I just I thought it would made him kind of look like a celebrity a little bit. I don't know why, because he got to have a hotel room Cause, and not because he's sleeping from noon to seven in a that's in what, a night's in. That's what people <laughs> do. That's what stars do. He's like ah, I'm like Elvis. No, you got to let them sleep. Yeah, you do. You can't just push them until you all die. So do you have that like day room shit? Um, other people that are richer, that are, you know, more famous will do the day room thing. Um, uh, but it does, I've, I've experienced the day room and it, it ends up just being like, kind of like the porta potty, just like a real fucking mess at a certain point And just, there's no towels and, uh, you're like, you have a little hand yeah. towel you're trying to dry yourself off with. It gets pretty nasty. I've stayed at bad hotels, motels 
none of them are worse than a porta potty. Like, <laughs> if I had a choice to go to the porta potty or the worst hotel, I'm I've just ever saying stayed. it starts out I know, I'm clean. Hammering, I'm hammering this little hard. <laughs> Let's talk about the festival. How long a set do you do? Uh, I do half hour, and oh, usually the that's first, nice. usually the I know I love I love that because when I tour normally it'll be like an hour and a half or an hour, really? and 15. hour and a half. Sometimes two if I'm going crazy. Two hours. I've done that. Yeah. Um, if everyone looks like they're having a good time, but this one you only get to do a half hour, which is great. So it's not very taxing, but I'll be getting up every morning and setting up the merch tent and all that stuff. But I like, um, you know, for the first five minutes, I have to basically get everyone to scream bloody murder. Oh, to, to draw people to, to your draw stage? people. Yeah. I learned that in Renaissance fair. <laughs> when I was little, I did Renaissance. You did Renaissance Fair. Fair? Yeah, I've when never I was met very... anyone. I've never been to or met anyone who's done a. Renaissance I would. I don't think I would go to one now. But when I was little, I thought it was the coolest shit in the world. Well, it is cool, but wow! How long did you do that? Uh, I did that for about a year and a half. I was in the ki- I was in the Queen's Court, and they made me wash dishes. Like, and they're like, "This is." true to this is historically oh, accurate they tricked you into being a dishwasher yeah and i didn't ha- i wasn't in the queen's court they used that <laughs> that maytag dishwasher and uh bus pans they had yeah during the renaissance and uh wh- how long did you do that did i did, that for, I did that? that for a year and a half um and the second summer they made me young shakespeare and i'd walk around and be like to be or help me out with this you know like uh, interact with people yeah. and but they made, i was all alone Where everybody, was everybody had groups uh bristol uh, Wisconsin. Are you so from Wisconsin? I'm from Illinois, Libertyville, Illinois. So it's just like on the border. It was like half hour away, maybe. Wow. And I, other people did it. That other theater people did it. So I wanted to do what they did, and I liked auditioning, and I wanted to get in. I wanted. I just followed people around. Whatever they did, I would do. Was it a fun job? Yeah, I loved it. I mean, it was my introduction to things like improv and right. crowd interactions. So many different things that I use now. So the. The getting the screaming, you get people to scream. Then get people to scream bloody over. murder. Then people that are walking by are just like, "What the hell is going something on over crazy, there?" Something crazy. Fun Somebody's going getting on. murdered. I and just heard fi- a thousand people fake scream. Yeah. What's going on? Yeah, but it actually works because I'll, I'll, I'll start I would, out with I would like go over there. I'll start out with like twenty people or something and end with a thousand. What time's your slot? It changes every day. There's like a little, you know, thing that tells you a little board, bulletin board that tells you what everyone's time is, and it alternates. I think to like be fair to people to fit with people's. What's schedules. the earliest possible you can go on? 11, 11 12. 11.30, 12. Oh, I, love I bet bet it's twelve. I bet they let them in at eleven and the show started at twelve. But I'll find out soon. I'll tell you though, if you had a good crowd and you were done by noon, yeah, I'm bringing some books really? to kill the time. And then I do a signing after every show. I like to. What? Meet, how many different meet pieces people. of merch do you have? Oh God, we got a lot. We got koozies. We got frisbees. We got a thing that's like a shaped like a, cas- a cassette, but it's a USB drive, and it's got all my albums on oh, it. Oh, how much you sell that for? If I may ask. You'll have to go to the show and find out. Whoa, that's a weird answer. <laughs> We're talking about you having sex on a bus, and you won't tell me how much your flash drive of your albums costs. Interesting. Do they? Uh, all right. Whoa. It's not very expensive. You save a lot of money. No, I'm sure you do. That's why I thought so. I thought. But if I say what it is, then I'm going to hear a bunch of no, no, no. guff from, from, me? from the populace. Oh, not no. you. Okay. I don't worry about your reaction. I know someone who sells her albums, four of them on a flash drive, for $35. Yeah. I won't ask if that's what you That do. sounds fair. But that does sound fair. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's that perception, like, oh, for this little thing? And you're like, well, if you bought those things separately. I think what's happened is this, the CD becomes irrelevant after you've basically uploaded the music. So now I think people are starting to introduce things that you can use again and again, like a drive. Oh, yeah. So you can you can dump it and then use the drive. Yeah, for whatever you want. For your... some For your porn. For all that. For your bus all, porn. For all your dissertations you're writing <laughs> in high-quality PDF conversions. I don't know what I'm talking about. So maybe you know what you're talking maybe about. Maybe I do, and then I'm well. backing off because I'm I'm trying to look. <laughs> you're revealing too much. I'm trying about to yourself. be self-deprecating. Did you um? What was I gonna say? Oh, that's kind of fun selling merch, isn't it? Though. I mean, especially um, yeah, if they're, especially I, I, if they're buying well, it. that's how you make money because people don't really buy music anymore. So you have to figure out a way to like survive as an artist, and it's a, just like a game. 
you know, and uh, if you're losing, you're actually losing in life and not making money and you have to pay your bills. But if you're winning, you're doing really well. And so it's like if you figure out what works and what doesn't work and you pay very close attention to it, you can do very well. I've you been know? selling posters at, at some of yeah. the tours because they can't get that anywhere else. I was thinking about that on the way over here. I, I want one. They sound cool. I actually want to start printing my posters like you print them. Really? Yeah, because it looks like an old like kind of country fair poster. Yeah. There's loads of those. Like if you ever go to a festival and there's like a flat stock or there's a poster show, mm-hmm. all those guys are just standing there in a booth. They got nothing you, to do. You see someone and go, I like that poster. Hey, can you make me a poster? And it's like the guy who made that poster standing right there. Yeah. And then uh, you're off and From running. From farm to table. And then you have to lug around posters and check bags and pay for check bags mm. and hope that you sell enough to cover the check bags. And yeah. What's the first city on the tour? It is Houston, Texas. And That's a good one. Yeah. And uh, I love Houston. It's actually where my merch is made. And the night before tour starts, we're going to take everybody to How to Train Your Dragon 2 at the Alamo Draft House in Houston. So I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I love. Wait, when are you leaving for this tour? I leave on the 9th, and this tour starts on the 13th, and the night before that, we're taking my fans to the movies. Oh, you're actually taking your fans to the movies? Yeah. How many, how do you do that? Well, you talk to Alamo Drafthouse, they set it up, they make a special night, you do a screening, MC Chris Presents screening, and then I say a couple of words about the importance of this film, what it means to me. What is that film? It's a sequel to a children's film about a dragon and a boy that become good buddies, and it gave me vertigo, so I like that. What's it called again? How to Train Your Dragon. I never heard of that movie. So, are you paying for all these tickets? No. Okay. No. It's sort of like a meet and greet. It's kind of like let's hang out. It's like hey, yeah, it's, it's a little, uh, yeah, it's a little event for your fans. It's a little event. It's not like a you thing. don't do something like this. What movie would you take them to if you took them to a movie? Any movie that you? No, I, I've never thought of doing that. I would be afraid. You wouldn't. You do you avoid fans after a show? No, no, I, I, I don't avoid them. I'm actually pretty accessible. But I get a little overwhelmed. I mean, not even even with you get mobbed. Even everyone gets mobbed, relatively speaking. Like if you have twenty people at your show and eight of them come up to you, that's kind of feeling like you're mobbed, right? Yeah. Well, I I'm claustrophobic, so I actually feel I can feel kind. Well, it's of... It's good that you're doing an outdoor festival. Kind of sick. <laughs> yeah. Even out, you're claustrophobic outside. Wow, that is. Well, yeah. I mean, I think it's just when I I get like a like a zombie-esque feeling when I'm surrounded by people. And I think I feel a lot better if they're in a line. But if I'm surrounded by them, then I literally have to, like, look at my shoes and do a couple of breaths, you know. Now, is the merch at, is that a thing where they're like, where you go, hey, meet me across the field? Yeah, and follow me is what I do. Oh, and you just run right over there. Yeah, because it's so, it's so convoluted and it's such a, you know, how the hell are they going to find where you are? You can't say over there because... Yeah, it's like, it's like a hundred different. But wouldn't it be tents. nice if? Because I've done those festivals where you want to sell stuff, and you're like, man, if I so if I if you just let me sell them right next to the stage, oh, yeah. as opposed to like, hey, if you want to walk for twenty five minutes, you can buy a CD. Yeah, like no one's gonna do that. Or maybe sometimes, sometimes for they me do. they won't do. I that. would like it if I had a flag that would be easy to follow because it's ever, like it's like a mess of people, you know. Do you ever do in stores? Uh, I did in the beginning of my career, not so much anymore. I did them I, like I would do comic book stores. I would do, you know, record stores, stuff like that. But I find that like the sound is kind of weird and the vibe is a little weird. It doesn't really behoove anybody. I've done one in store uh, at uh, Sonic Boom Records, maybe I don't know how long ago, eight years ago, ten years ago, twelve years ago, and it was really well attended. And I did like I don't know how long I did, like fifteen minutes. I think I sold either one or zero CDs. Mm. People are just like, oh, it's a free comedy show. Yeah. Which the, you know, I I did uh, I, I did that, but... uh, those th- those experience in stores before I started touring and stuff. So it was my first experience with meeting fans and because I'd been just a person an animator, you know, I'm working on cartoons and I hadn't really met anybody. So those first th- first things were kind of like meet and greets and they were cool. And I did sell a bunch of stuff like for the first time ever. Do people like? Uh, do you ever get like uh, people like, hey, we should collaborate on something? Yeah, every day. All the time. I just had someone email. How, what, how, what would they say to you? Email. No, they emailed. Let's do a joke together. I got an email from my manager. Someone had forwarded him a joke for me. <laughs> I was like, they didn't even write to me. They wrote to my manager. Like, he's going to be like, da da. This looks like a great opportunity. This looks like uh, a good one. If you're the person who sent me that joke, it was funny. I'm just not going to 
I don't use. think you should let this go. I'm not going to use unsolicited material. Well, I think my booking agent sends me stuff, but I think he does it out of like courtesy to the person yeah. sending it. Like he doesn't even think I would do it in a million years, but at least he can say, "Yeah, I sent it." I sent it, right? So he has a clear conscience. So, do you have a way of like uh, derailing, not derailing, but disengaging from a after-show conversation that's too long? Well, thanks for coming out. You know, yeah. Uh, start I start, your start saying now. a goodbye. Um, well, you know, I think what I think everybody wants to have an experience, and I definitely have been in their shoes, so I know what that's like. You definitely don't want something too quick, but you also forget that there are like other people that want to do the same thing, and you can't just talk to somebody for ten minutes to become buddies and then walk out the doors together. And now I'm living at your house, you know. Yeah, and sometimes I found I've had people, you know. Where you know you talked to everyone who wanted to talk to you, but you didn't give them what they thought they deserved. Yeah, and then I've had like, people been really upset. Yeah, like you didn't really like. I, I hung out till every person left the show. Yeah. So I don't know what more I can do. I'm not. We're not friends. Yeah. I, you came. You bought tickets for show. I did. I think the that's show. the weird illusion of the entertainment industry is that that they, you know, that you you definitely want to create a, a vibe with your fan base that is very loving and inclusive and they obviously like your stuff because they relate to it and they you know people say like i would love to watch tv with you play video games with you go to the movies with you etc etc but i think you know i know andrew wk was very like yeah i'm your friend and yeah i will do this stuff doesn't with he you. like call fans and, he, or, he, or he like pays their letters? he pays their rent he does all kinds of crazy stuff but i think um I think that's a little bit of an illusion, and you and it's almost dangerous to even walk in that direction because people get confused and then they get upset and hurt, and you don't really want to do that. You don't want to mislead somebody. Yeah, it's it's a tough call. Not you know, not that I'm mobbed or anything, but there's a thing where you know sometimes you respond to someone on Twitter and then then they start writing to you like. I I have people that like, oh, that write we're, we're stuff not, we're, every we're day. Pals now. Yeah, I have people that write stuff every day, and I feel like I'm some sort of surrogate for something that's missing, and then they'll eventually find it and go away. You know, um, and that, I feel bad for him. There's that mute function now. On what? On Twitter. Oh yeah. There's a little mute thing. Oh my god, I yeah. gotta try that. Yeah, I, I should do a live on podcast. Let's get rid of the people that like us. No, it's not getting rid of it. It's just uh, I mean I don't use it a lot, but it's just if someone's mainly if someone's being a jerk. Oh well, people aren't. Uh, they used to be really mean to me, but now everyone's pretty nice. They were, they were mean to you. Oh yeah. Were you a different person back then? Uh well yeah I might have been I think I'm pretty much the same guy I think that if people are are hearing that everyone's being mean they're like oh I guess we should all I should be right. mean as well it's what you do if everyone likes somebody they're like oh yeah because everyone's very everyone's very much so conformist these days I don't think there's a lot of people that are just willing to do whatever they want they have to yeah. kind of follow the lead of others you ever read Colin Quinn's Twitter feed I don't it's but really, I know Colin he's really funny but he he'll just torture people with until they. They have no choice but to insult him, and then he starts retweeting the insults. Then I think it's I used a thing to where do people that. are like, they're no, they don't, you can tell they don't even mean it. They're just trying to think of something funny and mean to say. Yeah, I, I think, uh, I used to think that was like a way to get back at them uh, when they were being mean. Um, but, you know, I think that's just what they want, you know, and so you can't really do that. Don't, don't feed the trolls is what they say. Yeah, don't feed the trolls. And I think last time we had this conversation, not to say that again, but you had said, if you want my attention, you can say something nice. That, that'll that get my attention just fine. That's true, yeah. Yeah. I like a nice, generic compliment. Yeah. Sincere, generic, that's all I ask for. I like that everyone's being nice now. I think people have gotten... You think people are getting nicer? I, well, not so much in comments. I think comments is a, a crazy thing that yeah. whenever I read a comment section, just even a random article online... It just amazes me how angry everyone is right off the bat. It's like they're just raring to go. Yeah, there's a little bit of uh, I don't, I don't, I just complaining. It just seems like if you buy something, you pay good money, you're angry it doesn't work, go return it. But complaining, people complain about you know, podcasts and Com- like, sentences like typos yeah typos like if you say your instead of y-o-u apostrophe r-e that drives people which crazy. everyone fucking makes that mistake yeah i've made that mistake i think sometimes like I you sometimes you're just presenting something to people and it's like a picture find and like can you find what's wrong with what i just said or showed right. you and like that just that's what they're looking for i'm sure someone will find something wrong with this conversation but not with this great sound system i got i think comments kind of make that i think that makes the commenter feel equivalent to the poster 
And so, in a well, sense, everyone becomes a star. They are. I mean, if, you, if you're the first YouTube commenter <laughs> on a, someone's video, boom, you're like, it's like the video and then you. All that hard work. Right below it. Like, you didn't have to do anything except say, you know, boring. Yeah. Uh, with, with a bunch of O's. With seven R's and nine O's. Now, I know, I know what I want to ask you that I didn't ask you last time. Do you have anything fun on? Do you have a, do you have an extensive rider? I know it's a, it's a very musician question. To uh, no, it actually is. Be, it's become more and more stripped down as time's gone on. You know, there used to be like things like veggies and apples. I used to smoke weed out of apples uh-huh. because cops couldn't, you know, process that that apple that was sitting right there in between the two seats was actually, you know, how we were smoking that apple with with ashes and with smoke the ashes coming out. and the nasty smell. <laughs> I mean, I I had. You know, drug-sniffing dogs in Texas not find that apple. Really? Yeah, I got thrown into a, a holding cell. You got you got thrown in a holding cell because they didn't find anything? Because they didn't find that. Well, that apple was still there. Yeah. You know, but they my roadie had a pipe on him and a little bit of weed, and then we both got thrown into to the slammer for nine hours. Was this that one part of Texas where they get everyone? This is the part of Texas where they're they're trying to get the illegal immigrants, and if you're stoned, then you get thrown in there too. So if so, it's like just West Texas is just not the place to be stoned. I know there's that one uh, that one city in Texas or county where they like they've gotten like uh, Willie Nelson and they've gotten uh, yeah they get everybody. Apple, but it is amusing that people know about it and still like yeah let's 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 <laughs> let's try to trick them. Yeah, well, yeah, you're not when you're stoned, you're not thinking at the the top of your intelligence. I guess we should talk about how we met. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um. Well, let's see. Uh, I guess it's we didn't funny. Have to it's talk it's about funny it. because it's like I said this to you the other day that you always kind of show up randomly in my life every couple of years. You first time I ever did stand up, you introduced me. I did. Yeah, you were at the Adult Swim party the other night. I saw you then. Yeah, so uh, we were we did a cartoon together for Adult Swim. I saw you then, and I'll just see you occasionally. Yeah, not, not very often, right. but occasionally. And the first time I saw you um, was the day I had quit. Working for C Lab 2021, which is which was done at the time by a company called 7030, which is now called Floyd County, I believe, and they make Archer, really big deal. Yeah. And um, I had rolled into work late, maybe a half hour late, and uh, after a night of drinking, I saw Star Wars the night before. I think it was Attack of the Clones. Dave Willis calls me up, and I'm talking to him at my desk Adult about Adult Swim creator, creator of Aquatine Hunger Force, voice Dave of Carl, Willis. voice of Meatwad. Um, and he called me up to get my review of Star Wars, because I'm a Star Wars guy. And uh, Adam just starts standing next to me, watching me have this phone conversation after coming in late. He's just infuriated, and he's like, outside, let's have a talk. Adam is your boss. Adam Reed, the brilliant Adam Reed. Okay. I probably met him and should know his name. Yeah. And now I won't work for them again, because I, I fucked up. <laughs> no, he, he was a very cool guy. He was like a big brother, taught me all kinds of stuff, uh, you know. How to drink. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so anyway, we go out into the hallway, and um, he was just like, you're a mess. You know, what are you doing? You're, you got to get it together. And just made me feel like shit for being a bad worker, which is, I guess, what you do as a boss. Right. And um, I sat back down at the keyboard, and I was like, you know, I can't do this. I can't work here anymore, because I was drinking a lot, because I was sad there. And it was a tough job. I was an animator, and get to tell jokes occasionally was a voiceover actor but it was like i had transplanted down to atlanta from new york to do this thing and uh it was a very difficult thing to do and uh so i was just like i can't do this anymore i grabbed my bike i walk out in the hallway i said i'm out of here he ran after me he's like if you leave that's it we're done and i was like yeah i know very dramatic and rode home called up dave said dave i quit my job what do i do he said go on a walk so I went on a walk in Little Five Points to the Euclid Avenue Yacht Club, and who should be right outside of the Yacht Club but you and Eugene Merman oh, yeah, videotaping. Right. Eugene Merman and I went on a highly profitable—this <laughs> was my idea—two-city tour of Georgia. <laughs> Somehow I thought—I don't know—I think I knew someone in Georgia at the 40-watt club, and then I was able to hook up an Atlanta gig. So, hey, that that's a tour, right? Yeah. And I flew—I bought Eugene a plane ticket, and—, and uh, George has got a lot of indie cred, It was one of those though. things where, like, you can make money if you get way more people than you should think you should get. Well, I mean, it wasn't David Cross, like, one of the first 
guys to come out of there and had like a whole scene and recorded his albums there. So it was kind of like an yeah, indie, yeah. indie and comedy and I, and I, and scene to, was happening around there. I've been to Atlanta there. a lot. And, yeah, um, it's a great place. So I went there and we were filming it just sort of, uh, yeah, we were trying to make like a mini documentary. Somewhere... You were making your comedians of comedy. Yeah, I was making my... Uh, my two city tour document, which <laughs> has never seen the light of day. I don't know if, if Eugene has thrown out that footage, but we made a, me a meager attempt at editing it a few times, and then it was just like I didn't have the steam. No, so editing is a bitch. So but uh, you guys me. were filming, and you're like, "Hey, how's your? How are you doing?" You just like thought I was like a random person, and I said, a "Nice question, I asked." Very you. nice. You guys were not jerks at all, and I said, "Oh, not too good." Just like crying probably while I spoke to you. I'm like, I just quit my job. I'm going in here to get shit-faced, which is what happened. I spent the day talking with a guy who was a Vietnam veteran named Dan, which is him and I alone at the bar, got drunk. And then I went and saw you perform that night. Right. And it was not, uh, you weren't the best audience member. I was not well-behaved. Yeah. Um, and I heckled you. And every time you paused for even a second, I screamed out pooty dang. Which I will probably now, if someone hears this and goes to a show, they'll probably scream Pootie Tang at me, and I deserve it. And uh, But you said, Aren't, didn't you lose your job today? <laughs> That's and, good to recognize the heckler. Yeah, and yeah, you did recognize me, good memory, and uh, so I was embarrassed. But I was also too drunk to feel any emotion or anything, really. I probably could have just kept on doing it, because I think drunken hecklers are in their own world. They, yeah. they don't really consider others. And I definitely did not that night. And Dave took me outside and he's like, hey, I want to listen to what he has to say. I want to watch this show. Because a bunch of Cartoon Network people have come to watch you. And he basically, Dave, pretty much just threw me out of the place. Which was a good thing to do. He 86 to you. Yeah, you should do that if, if someone's making a fool of themselves. Help, and, help them out of the building. And when did I forgive you? Did you ever formally apologize to me? I feel like... I don't know. There was know. some point where I was like, I'm going to Should I apologize now? No, no, no. It's not that kind of pod. It's not, <laughs> is, not is looking this, for a bombshell moment. Is this a trick podcast? This is not a bombshell podcast. There's no bombshells on this It's podcast. the big reveal? It's the big, uh, this was all leading up to it. Now I'm going to bring other people who, who I'm, th I'm sure I apologize to you because it was very embarrassing. Yeah, because if, if, if you're here in my apartment right now, I must have forgiven you at some point. Yeah, I would so think let's so. Just say, let's just err on the side of forgiving you. Yeah, and now now my whole life is all about dealing with hecklers, and it's been well documented how I've dealt with hecklers. And yeah, there was one video that which I I read the description of, and I was like, oh, this is just gonna upset me. Yeah, it was a what well, she she threw something at you, right? Uh, yeah, a girl in Denver threw a glass at my testicles while I was rapping, and when I rap, I'm kind of like speaking in tongues. My eyes are closed. I'm like in I the know, zone. I've seen you. I'm in the zone. I don't know what's going on. You could easily accost me and she definitely did and it started because she had her drink on the stage i was too ocd i was like gotta get the drink off the stage she wouldn't do it and i'm like why don't you back up five steps which is always like my brilliant idea that never works back up five steps and take your drink also yeah take your drink back up just get away from me so i can perform yeah. my duties here because that's all you want to do you want to just you want to give people what they paid for you've traveled three to six hours to Give the people what they pay right. for. You don't want to. You don't want to suck. You don't want to see them be. You don't want them to see you be angry or anything like right. that. Right. And so I, she eventually was thrown out because she would not budge. And then she came back in and threw the glass at me. the The bouncers failed in their duties. They did not keep the one person <laughs> out that they're supposed to keep. They out. forgot to say and don't come back. They yeah. forgot that part of throwing someone out. Yeah, they're like, get out of here. We'll get see out, you in a second. Get out of here. But if you want to come back, just get your hands stamped. <laughs> Let's stamp your hand if you want to come back. Yeah. I So I, and actually, I, it got to a point where I was throwing somebody out of a show, almost every show. Really? Yeah. And then I got called on it. And What did they say? Well, everyone just told their story about what a jerk I was one day. And it's always it, weird. It was, it was, I bought, basically, it was like the bottoming out of a bit that had kind of had a life of its own and had reached its yeah. apex summit. I, so. I don't know. I think one of those. Yeah. So uh, it just like, it, and it, at that point I was just ready to be like, you know what? I don't want to, I hate this part of the show anyhow. I don't want, I don't want to have anything go wrong in a show. I don't want, I don't want them to like say, oh, we want to make him angry so we can get that moment right. in the show. Because then they start wanting it, and then I start wanting to give them what they want. And next thing you know, it's not so much about the music. Then you're just or any getting of that. every show. You're getting angry after dropping yeah. six hours, and then you're just the angry guy. And yeah, I think the more you can ignore on stage. Yeah, now that's what I do. The better. 
Yeah. Like, I, I used to point out everyone who was texting, and I still do. <laughs> so that hasn't changed. Well, I, I, I got upset about that in the beginning, that people weren't paying attention, but then I realized that things were just changing, and that that's how people experience that's, that's stuff. That's one way of looking at it. I mean, they do that in the movies now. I realized, it's like, yeah, it's hard, because they're so addicted to looking at it every second. I just, it's just, you'd like to think that... You could turn it off? That someone would have, like, well, this, there's not a... I'm sure, I, there must be a million funeral stories of people doing it at funerals. Yeah, I can. I can just. I. I probably know people who would text at a funeral. There's selfies, I think, with the casket in it. Oh man, you went there. <laughs> no, I'm just reporting on what's happening. I can't believe you went there. Then you should have a siren sound. You should have a little. So now you're Mr. Easy Going on stage. Now I don't care. And, um, you know, I don't like it when people push to the front, if people have waited a long time in line to get to that, that little cushy spot right there up against the stage, people get drunk and not even drunk and they just force their ways to the front. Now I just have to watch that injustice happen. I have to look at that sad nerd who's looking at me with the puppy dog eyes, who's just been pushed off to the side. I just have to deal with it, not saying anything about it because it's just not going to go well. It's just going to get worse if I draw attention to it. All, the, all kinds of stuff like that I just try to ignore. People tell me to shut up when I'm talking in between songs, you know? Really? Shut up, start rapping. Because I'll tell jokes in between songs. Because that's a weird thing. That's never really happened before. You don't hear Chuck D going on, the, you know, doing some Catskills it's, it's material. Just, it's unbelievable. Someone just go, shut up. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. What, what, what do you want me to do next? Yeah. They well they want the they want the show to go like you know exactly. they want to meet their meet their requirements and then if you don't play a song that they wanted to hear yeah I would you know I had a good time at your show but I would have liked it a lot better had you played this one song that you didn't play so you I have, actually had a bad time do you have songs that you have to play yeah I have a song about Boba Fett that if I don't play it I they will crucify me so I saw Cindy Lauper took my wife to Cindy Lauper for her birthday and she did not do True Colors and I felt robbed really I felt robbed. Yeah, I feel like I can understand like someone wants to focus on the new stuff, but like if you've had three huge hits, you know people want to hear those huge the, hits. Yeah, the new stuff. I feel like when they play the new stuff, everyone's just being polite to each other, and the artist yeah. is delusional, and the audience. Well, you got yeah, to get know is, song. The audience is like, okay, Rolling Stones, we'll hear your Steel Wheels right. song, you know. But we really let's do some dumb. But I think the Flash. Stones know to do the hits. Yeah, I, th I think these bands that are still playing now, they are like machines, and they know exactly what to do. And do you, do you uh, still like playing that song? Yeah, I wouldn't have a career without that song, so it's, I'm very thankful to it. I feel like it's kind of something I have to pay homage to every every show. Like, this is why I'm here, this is why you're here, you know, because it got played on Adult Swim and yeah. something everybody likes a lot. It's a lot of cool things have happened to me because of that song. Got to go to Skywalker Ranch, got to meet George Lucas, stuff You're like You're wearing that. a Lucasfilm jacket now. Yeah. It's cold today. It is a cold, no, but you didn't, <laughs> that's not like the only answer to a cold day is you must wear a Lucasfilm. Well, it's actually, sadly, it's like the one coat it's that one, I have. Really? <laughs> it's, yeah, my wife wants me to get rid of if it. If you sell enough merch, she wants you to get rid I of don't, it. I don't spend a lot of money. No? I try to save it all, so I kind of dress like a bum. What do you? How do you save I mean, money on the road? Yeah, well, I well, guess. we we stay at motel. Last summer we did motel sixes, which was really nasty, but we did it. Man, your wife must love you. Um, well, you're so sleepy. You're just there to sleep. You, you, and it's like we we do occasionally. I mean, a couple of previous tours we would stay at like historic hotels, you know, Chateau Marmonts and stuff like that for five hundred bucks, and like that's fun, that's interesting, but it's really a waste. Yeah, you know? sometimes you're like, especially sometimes you get into the hotel and you're like. This now that I'm in the room, it doesn't really. It's not real different. It's a bed. It's not that big. And I'm gonna be unconscious for most of the experience. But having said that, if you have a wife or even travel alone, don't take her to a Motel Six. I've never stayed in Motel Six. Maybe they're fine. Yeah. Well, I think there's there's a lot of prostitutes. Uh, there's a lot of drug dealing going on. Okay. There's a lot of people that live. There's a lot of people wrong. that live in the hotel. Oh really? Like, yeah, like that. You that were like upended by a flood, or the way like a socialite would live in a hotel in New York. Only, uh, sure. Except, I don't know what that is, but I'll just say sure. Uh, a social a socialite. Socialite. Okay. Yeah, okay, I know what no, a socialite uh, is. Yeah, that's what I said. Not a socialite. I thought you said it like with a French accent. I was like, no, damn, no, no, no. Todd is for a second seen I was the like, world. I was for a second. I was like, does he not know what a socialite is? Then for a second, I was like, maybe I don't know what a socialite is. <laughs> maybe I'm. Have you ever done your comedy in other countries? 
Yeah. How's that go? I'm going to Sweden in October. Oh, wow. Have you been to Sweden? I have only been to England. You've never toured? Why don't you tour Europe? Uh, I would love to. My my friends that are in punk bands do that stuff all the time. And Why don't you do it? I think it's my because I my life is beholden to other people, like booking agents and stuff like that, and they make those decisions. And They're not supposed to make. They're supposed to decide... They'll say, I don't think you're quite ready for that. And I'm like, well, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm 38. I think I'm ready I'm for 30, any anything, yeah. really. Like if it's I a small crowd, I'll, I'll be all right with it. Yeah. I'd rather do the show. No, I love a small crowd. I kind of do too. I feel like telling jokes is easier with a small crowd. It's it's less cacophonous. It's there's it's just a, I have a better time. I'm more relaxed because it's not such a zoo. I ha- I actually feel guilty how much I love a small crowd. Yeah. Because I feel like, oh, maybe that's limited me because I'm not like, I got to play big places. Because I'm uh, like, oh, yeah. 75 people showed up? Yeah. It changes, though, if you're getting paid by how many people show up. Yeah. Then suddenly it's I a like door big deal. crowds. Yeah, you definitely want to have I'm the like, big crowd on a door like, deal. stuff them in there. Yeah. Now there's room over there. Yeah. Th- throw that, yeah. Put, put them on top of Put them right there. Put them in the sound booth. So, so you stayed at these Motel 6s. So that, do you yeah. have any other like travel rituals? Uh, Waffle House. I love Waffle House. And sometimes when you we show up at Waffle House at like 1 to 3 a.m. after leaving a venue, and it's just like a, a crazy place. Sometimes we'll see somebody convulsing in a booth, and sometimes we'll see like an altercation and cops and all, you know, like... Can't you eat? You can... I've been at Waffle House. Yeah, I like that. I like the food a lot. I like the food a lot. I like their biscuits. I like their hash browns. I, I have like, mine yeah, covered. I hash browns with, uh, what do I get, like jalapenos and onions? Yeah. Mm. It's delicious. It's like it's, and it's like $2, right? And so when we get, when we're heading west to east, when we see our first Waffle House, once we're like out of Texas and more into those southern bayou states, when we see our first Waffle House, we're ecstatic. We love it. We love Steak and Shake. I was just going to fucking mention Steak and Shake. Yeah, when I was, when, when my first pause, I was gonna <laughs> muscle in steak and shake. Mid, and when we're in the I Midwest, love we shake. love steak and shake. Oh my god, I love steak and shake. Half and half shake. We like. I like skinny fries. Skinny fries are good. Yeah, I, I still, I like the idea of getting a shake, and a fries, and all. I feel like ah, oh, this and different, different it's not little the healthiest little uh, campaigns every time we go in there. They've always got something new uh, they're trying to sell me, and I always burgers. Oh yeah, and. Uh, a little fries. Sometimes I've even gotten a side salad. That I think it's my fun. favorite burger in the country because people I talk about it. In-N-Out in California. I don't like it at all. In-N-Out is definitely good, but I, I also feel like burgers are one of those things where like, I can I can make that burger just as good. <laughs> I mean, it's only going to taste a certain way. It's, I feel like it's as good as the bread. Yeah. You heard me. Wow, we're like, where's, we're like, where's, like, where's, where's Anthony Bourdain when you need him? We like Cracker Barrel. Really? I've only eaten there once. Yeah, we like the gift shop. I like I like rolling around the gift shop, checking it out, seeing what's going on. We we buy our quilts that we have on our bed from the from the Cracker Barrel. You bought your bed at the Cracker Barrel? The quilt, not the bed frame. But well, it, I'll, I'll even go as far to say the quilt is a weird thing to buy at Cracker Barrel. Yeah, well, we it's we like that country flavor. I'll have a, I'm gonna get some grits and some bedding. It's <laughs> the funniest thing I've said on this podcast. It's about time you said something. I know. I'm all straightforward on this podcast. Do you um? um so Cracker Barrel, what Cracker other, Barrel, we do you like, have any like, but do you have any like travel advice type things like anything you've learned over the years? Um, don't go over ten miles an hour. Never have ten uh, over the speed limit. You mean. Yeah, that what I say. Ten miles an hour. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah go was, over I ten miles an hour. I was being a jerk. No, like, uh, well, clearly, had you not said something, people know, would be but, going real slow. There'd be all these but accidents. Like, that's the type of thing. Like if I said that, and someone did. Oh well, then you can't go more than ten. I'd be like, you know what I fucking meant. You're like my own YouTube comment yeah, section I here. But I, I call myself. Go ten miles over uh, sixty-five or fifty-five, whatever it is. That's you should be okay. But you go over that even one mile, and then you'll immediately get pulled over. Yeah, that's I've always followed that rule. Um, never have weed on you. Because you can find it at the venue. The sound guy will always have it. There's no need to have paraphernalia on you. No pipes. So you can always create something at the venue. I don't smoke weed anymore or drink, but these are... I would think these are the things that can get you fucked up and get mess up your tour. You have any um, packing rituals or... Packing rituals? Uh, no. During the show, make an, have a meet and greet during the show, make an announcement that, uh, will I smoke your weed tonight? Let's find out after the show. And then... Uh, I have a song about weed where it talks about a handshake with a surprise inside. So I kind of put it in the lyrics as instructions as to how to give me the weed. Yeah. And they would deliver it through a handshake. And then I would, at the end of the night, I would just have like just a big mountain of it on a 
desk in Super 8, you know. You and Doug Benson should get together. <laughs> well, I don't, like I said, I don't yeah, smoke I don't anymore. don't smoke, yet you keep bringing it up. Um, yeah, well, I'm proud. At, at, you know, former addicts, former alcoholics, they're so proud of their accomplishment. They're bored, really, and so it's the only, the only thing I have to talk about. So you have no other travel tips? like? Uh... Um, well, like you asked about Ryder, and it used to be crazy, but now it's just uh, water and towels, very important stuff. And uh, the rest, they have to, they have a catering budget for every show, and that uh, the rest of the money you give to the crew so they can have money during the day to buy their meals. So instead of having some stupid stuff in the room that they don't want, give them money so they can buy what they oh, do you want. Oh, you a buyout. A meal buyout. I was going to use a technical term, but I thought that would have been boring. No, it's called a buyout. That's, that is, <laughs> I like to surprise my opening acts at, uh, who, when I do music venues, because uh-huh. never, they've never even heard of a buyout. Yeah. And you're like, hey, man. Here's, 20, over, I got here's a 20 bucks. I could have kept this for myself, <laughs> but they gave me enough for two. Here's 20 bucks. On top uh, of the tw- shit what, money I, I've seen people me. do this all the time, so that I know people already know this, but to tweet... Where should I eat today? Always has amazing results. You're gonna, you're gonna eat. I mean, I ate a lot of amazing places I've because had, I would do that. Yeah, I've gone to places. I mean, people I might know where you are, and I would have people go to these to the where they thought I was gonna go. Um, but that's not so bad. That's not such a big yeah, deal. Yeah, I mean, they're, unless they're, I mean, it is. They'd have to. I wouldn't announce I was going. You announce that you're going. No, no, no. I don't say where I'm going. But if they, if everyone knows that you're going to go to where the first hamburger was ever made, like everyone, that's everyone's guess. Yeah. And that's where people would show up and oh, see. Oh, that it. sounds good right now. Yeah. Well, they weren't. They weren't cooked uh, horizontally. They were cooked vertically on a stove that was from like the 1800s. Where was this? Connecticut. I feel like the hamburger is one of those things where like six different cities claim that it was done I'm there sure. for the first time. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. say it happened in Connecticut. I like state rivalry. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, not having anything to do with sports, though. Oh, I only, I really love. We it. invented the pinwheel. I stuff love like a that. good sports rivalry. <laughs> Are you into sports? Not team? at all. Are you? No. Don't. I grew up in a jock family, and I'd be upstairs watching Punky Brewster. You know. What um. Sally Moonfry. What is? So you're. Do you use the term nerdcore to describe what you do? Uh, others do. I don't. Because I saw it on your bio. Oh, by the way, I. Oh. I on your bio, because I was wondering when I first booked you, like, oh, has this guy done a lot of podcasts? I don't feel like he's like I've seen him. A, I always feel like it's always comedians. Maybe that's the no, podcast. just Kevin Smiths and some fans. Oh, you done Kevin Smiths? Yeah, I did some stuff for a, an animated film. He did, did but I saw films. on your contact page you had a, you have a separate Gmail account for podcast requests. Yeah, I try. I, I, I try that. to keep things orderly, but I don't check it. You're I like, should. hey, it's easy enough to make this Gmail. You don't check that one? No. You probably got a backlog. You probably have a WTF from like the first 10 episodes. Yeah. You blew it. (laughs) From Mark? Yeah, from Mark. Yeah, I don't think he knows who I am. Really? I bet he does. No, nobody does. Really? Yeah. You're pretty famous. No, I'd say I'm pretty invisible. I'd say say you you become famous if people see you on broadcast TV. I would even think cable you could become not famous. Do you ever get recognized on the street? Yes. (laughs) Okay, well then you're famous. But that doesn't happen all the time. Do you, think, do you think your dentist gets recognized on the street? Maybe Let's by his patients. Let's pretend you have a dentist. Yeah, by his patients, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I hear you. Oh, my God. Well, thanks for pointing out to me that I'm famous. No, it's good. So who else is? Who else would be a nerdcore artist? Um. Well, there's a bunch. I just saw uh, an announcement for their kind of nerdapalooza, or I think it's called Nerdfest, and that they have in Florida every year. There's like 50 acts, and, you know, so a lot of people do it. That sounds like it'd be fun. Well, I think that... It also I, sounds like the crowds wouldn't be jerks. They, you know, they're all commenters, so they would, that's, that's how they get back at you. <laughs> I think, I think those, those kind of shows are a lot more sedate than my shows, and I, I would say because I was on Adult Swim, it's attracted more of a mass audience, and because of that, there's some bad apples. And I would say normally at a nerdcore show... There, because the more people watch a show, you've probably experienced this so with getting, Louis. Yeah, you're not really getting like someone who likes you... As much as they... More people have experienced like, right. it. They're like, oh, he's part of that show, so I'm going to this show. And I like, recognize that thing. I like things I recognize. I'm going there. They're not like, I like his... his I don't know who you are. Do the, do the thing I saw you do. Oh, my God. You've never experienced that? Do you have a tag? Do you have a tagline? <laughs> on Louie? Do you say, like, Louie or something? I said, I, said, <laughs> I said, come on, Louie. Say it. Say it one time. Come on. I don't have a tagline. Uh, yeah, but I do, and people scream at me to shout the taglines all the time, and I 
happily obliged. But I mean, they they're just there because of something that happened 13 right. years ago, which is crazy. I do have people will will come up to me and they'll quote something, or I don't realize it's a quote at the time. They'll just say something really weird to me. <laughs> I'm like, what What are you talking about? And then I realize, oh, that was like a line from Squidbillies. Anybody ever anybody ever scream pooty tang at you? Just you. Okay. People ask me about it occasionally. Sorry about that. That's all right, man. We don't have to go there again. At least I knew your work. You did. You were you were familiar with one thing that I've done. Chris? <laughs> yeah. This we burned through this pretty easily and we didn't we didn't we cover dug? everything that we covered last time. I think that we uh Yeah, I didn't I didn't tell all the the good stuff. I didn't do well, any, some... I didn't I didn't do any of the good stories. Well, there's some good stories? <laughs> What's the good Well, I think one thing that was funny from the last uh, Yeah, let's last do it. Let's retell it. Uh, I was talking about Katy Perry being on oh, yeah, Warped yeah, Tour with me. Yeah. We smoked weed together, and yeah. she said, slow and steady wins the race. Right. And you and I both talked about how that was a backhanded compliment, and that it meant that things look like they're going very slowly for you, but you will succeed, just but not then, for a very long time. Then, when I thought about it, though, I remember this. I said, well, what I think she may have been getting at is, I kind of had this immediate gigantic success mm-hmm. and now i'm thinking about how it can only go downhill from here whereas slow and steady is like you always have something to look forward to yeah well so i'm uh, gonna give uh, katie berry a break on that and say that she wasn't backhanded well that was 2008 and now she is you know multi-millionaire now she's, she's yeah she, she makes, really did blow up it wasn't just a down. yeah it was she didn't well, she, go down she, she was famous though when she kissed a girl and then she was really famous. That was so. She's more famous than when she's you met her. She's way more famous now. Okay. She's way richer, way more famous, and I am steady, which is actually kind of I, I, a sad place to be. Really? Well, I think you do. You want. Uh, I think notoriety is not something that you want, but with notoriety comes more money. Yeah. So well, you, you want, want more to be money. one of those people because you see, like someone like you know, I don't need to mention a name, but someone has like a huge album that sells eighteen million copies. And then their next one, it sold a, disappa- a disappointing yeah. 3.4 million copies. Thankfully, you know, things have been have been happily very steady for me. And things, because we talked about this last time too, like where we want to go to the mall, we want to shop, we don't want to, we want to be yeah. able to do stuff, we want to be people. I mean, I have, I have security detail, but. Yeah, is that who that is? <laughs> <laughs> you like that I did a little acting there? <laughs> that just happened to be someone who was standing next to me. Okay. I, st- I walk next to a big guy to look like I have a security detail. What was there any other stories that need, that we want to? Um, I think that might be it. We talked about Katy Perry. We talked about me screaming "Pooty Tang" at yeah. you about you showing up at uh, weird times in my life. It was it was great on the Adult Swim bus uh, on the way to the party. Oh yeah, well we should tell we should let people know that there was a big Adult Swim upfront party. It was a two tiered party. You yeah. Start out with like the smaller party. Three, three locations actually. Oh, there was like an after party. There's too, right? a true yeah. TV yeah, thing no, too. No. I don't do that. No, I can't. I can barely. Those, those do are for people that like want the booze to keep happening. That's yeah. That's if you want to really, just, if you want to go to three parties yourself. in one night just because it's free alcohol. <laughs> that's crazy. You have a, a drinking. But you problem. sat between uh, Dan Harmon and me. Yeah, and I was so glad that you had done that because I would have I said something stupid. I to didn't him. get to sit next to my girlfriend though. That's sad. But I did. I got to sit next to my wife, which is great. One of you guys should have traded seats. That would have been nice. I have to keep checking up on her. Yeah. I was happy to meet her. Uh, but yeah, no, I was really glad. I, in retrospect, I was very glad you were there, and I thought you saved me from some sort of embarrassing thing I would have done. Oh, I, really? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, he, I've met him before. He's a very nice guy. But, Harmon? Yeah, he's nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think I would have... Uh, I made a cartoon that was very similar to his, and I was going to talk to him about that. Oh. And I think that that would have been a bad idea. That wouldn't have been the best time to do that, maybe. No. And you were there, and you saved me. And Again, I, you're like a superhero. I have this great, you know, it's, I probably brought up some great topic, and we had a great conversation. And we it, actually had a very fun, I mean, I don't like those things very much, because everyone, it's like about- Outcast played at this party, I should tell Very you. cool band that I liked for a very long time was their Outcast. But I, I feel like kind of like very uh, a non-entity at those things. So to talk to you in that party and talk with you is always a lot of fun because you're. I feel like every you don't like it either. <laughs> no, I was. I walked in there and I don't know. I turned to someone. I was like, uh, twenty-five minutes, and I stayed. Ended up staying longer, but yeah, it's just so loud. They they just start blasting music and there's no and it no is quiet it is area filled where you with, can just it like, is filled with horrible people too. Yeah, I mean, there, I, I, it was fine, and it's you know, there's a little food there, but uh, 
I love the food. That's love, re- that I was the, that was food. you and the food were the best parts of the whole thing. I saw, I saw Mike Tyson for a nanosecond, but uh, you know I don't even know if that means anything to me. <laughs> nah, I mean I mean it's like I know what Mike Tyson looks. Oh, there he is sitting there. Yeah, you're not gonna same. go up and chat with him probably, right? No. What do you uh, what do you got to plug here? Well, uh, you can check me out at mcchris.com. All my social media links are on there: Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr. YouTube, uh, we will be on Warp Tour all summer, and uh, like I said, we're taking people to How to Train Your Dragon 2 at the Alamo Draft House in Houston. On what date is that? June 12th, 8 p.m. That's fun. That's a lot of fun. Are you going to bring your merch table to the Draft House? Uh, no, I Did won't. You, I mean, I have you done... You will I now have, that I put that idea in I head. have done things where we've opened up the van in a parking lot at like venues that weren't there, and crazy nights where like the show didn't go well or something, and we just like created a impromptu merch table uh-huh. we have done that in the past but no they'll have to come to warp tour a lot of great bands that are on warp tour this summer so, so come on ch- out and check it out check mc chris out on the warp tour it's going to be coming to a city near you it's going to like 300 cities yeah you got I, anything that you want to plug todd no i will right now yeah i do i have my you can follow me at todd barry toddberry.com i have my special the crowd work tour uh, which is all me, all crowd work, meaning I didn't do any material. You can buy that at lewisck.net. So the laziest work. Five bucks. It's actually not that easy. Oh, I, love do, I love doing crowd work. Yeah. You give it a try sometime. Five dollars <laughs> on lewisck.net. I've tried it. It's got a B plus in The Onion, which is their highest, highest, highest rating. Oh, wow. Uh, go to feralaudio.com. They produce this podcast and others. And uh, thanks, Chris. Thank you for having me, Todd. I, I look forward to running into you at Let's like hope three it's recorded. Years. I hope it's recorded. Yeah, me too. Bye, everyone. This is firefighter Raphael Poirier for Firehouse Subs. Introducing the new spicy Cajun chicken sub, Cajun seasoned grilled chicken breast, zesty cherry peppers, and house-made Cajun mayo. Just $5.55 for a medium. Remember, a portion of every sub you buy helps provide life-saving equipment for first responders. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Limited time only, plus tax. Participating locations. Firehouse Subs would donate a minimum of $1 million in 2019 to the Firehouse Subs Public Safety Foundation by donating 0.11% of every purchase.